Hello, welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. Clarity is our one-year experience here at Fellowship where we are seeking to see Jesus more clearly. I'm Nick. And I'm Garland. And uh, we are now entering into the Easter season in our Christian calendar. And so uh, as we kind of approach that time, we want to take some time just to talk about what is Easter? What does it mean? Uh, what, is this, what is its importance in the church calendar? So Garland, tell us a little bit about Easter. Well, maybe before we go there, any any interesting family Easter traditions that you had growing up? What what did y'all do on Easter? So we definitely our our Easter tradition was we went to my grandparents' house. He lives on a mountain, the kind of family land, and we would do a big Easter egg hunt. Um, right, we course. never did the Easter bunny. I okay. didn't I okay. didn't know that was a thing growing up that people actually taught an Easter bunny, uh, but. The, the big thing is my grandpa would hide a $20 bill in like four eggs. Oh. And so Easter was all about trying to find the money eggs. You want the money. We yeah, were after the money, the money the eggs. The money eggs. Yes, so <laughs> we were after the money eggs. So that was that was really like the thing about Easter was would I get a money egg this year? <laughs> what happens if you didn't? You were really mad and really jealous. <laughs> so of, Easter's just, Easter's a really tough holiday every single really year. really disappointing for the cousins that didn't get the money eggs. <laughs> What about you? What was your household Easter experience we like? Did the, we did. Of course, we painted the eggs. We painted Easter eggs. We always wore new outfits. Ooh. It was always the time mm-hmm. to, to show off a brand new uh, pastelli outfit. Uh, pastelli. Of course, we would do, church was a part of that. And uh, I remember Easter Bunny. Talk about the Easter Bunny. We had bunnies all over the house. Right. I never really understood what was going on or how any of that connected to Jesus. We didn't have money eggs, though. Yeah, like, well... That's that's pretty nice. We were big time. <laughs> yeah. We also did the Easter basket thing. So we would all we would always get a new Easter basket and there would be a toy in the basket. That was our gift. So money eggs and then money the, eggs the toys. Toy, we toy went basket. to church. Okay, yeah. Church we was did. a part of that. That's we good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's helpful. Um that's well, not what I'm remembered from my childhood. Yeah, me neither. The, me if neither. you have money yeah. eggs, <laughs> money eggs is all that you remember. That dominates the, the memory of your Easters. Um well, when we're when we're we're walking through clarity and we're using the traditional liturgical church calendar that uh, is ancient that goes back centuries, and we are coming to the anchor point of this calendar. Easter is the anchor by which all the other pieces of the calendar rotate around. So it is the centerpiece, and rightly so. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus uh, was in the early church almost immediately was uh, recognized and revered and celebrated every single year uh, as marking the beginning of new creation. The, the power of sin and its consequence death has been defeated by Jesus in his resurrection. He is vindicated as Israel's Messiah and the king of the earth, and rightfully so, that was a big deal sure. for Christians. And it goes back, it's the earliest part of our calendar, and it's easy to do, it's easy to mark it because we have the Passover, which is when Jesus' crucifixion takes place, Good Friday. And then we have New Creation Day, Easter Day, which is on Sunday, so the, the first day of a new week. And so very early on, it was easy to mark Easter because it's always the the Sunday after Passover. And so from the very beginning of the church, uh, it seems as if we have been celebrating this event right up to the resurrection of Jesus itself. And so it's ancient and it's a powerful day of, of remembrance and reflection on what it is that has been accomplished in Jesus's crucifixion, but also and namely in his resurrection. Let's talk about that a little bit, the significance of what the resurrection means to us. I mean, that's a big part of what we do with holidays. So if you think about, you know, the American holiday, the 4th of July, 
Um, we're not just remembering a past event. Part of the idea is you're trying to reinforce an idea of what it is to be American. Right. And so something about freedom and the cost of freedom. And so you're trying to, a lot of times you're trying to reinforce as a nation, a certain kind of identity. Mm -hmm. So what are we reinforcing when we celebrate Easter? There's obviously the significant historical event that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. But what is its what is that resurrection's ongoing significance for us as we celebrate Easter? Well, let's, let's take a look at it then. If you wouldn't mind, let's go to Romans chapter 1. Okay. And in Romans chapter 1, uh, Paul, only a handful of times will Paul, we might say, specifically define this word that we, tr that we use all the time as gospel. Will he, will he clarify using the word gospel and then giving us some sort of definition for it right sure. afterwards. And one of those occasions in Paul's magnum opus called Romans is right at the very beginning. It's actually the part that oftentimes I think we somewhat skip over mm -hmm. because we think it's kind of the introductory stuff. But let's take a look. If you wouldn't mind, read uh, Romans 1 verses, let's just do 1 through 4. Okay, Romans 1, 1 to 4. I am reading from the NIV. And so it says this, Paul a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. I mean, he's coming out swinging. Man, yeah. that's, a, that's a heck of a start that's a to lot. a letter right there. That's a, that's a big and, pack and, sentence. <laughs> and notice, um, he says, this is the gospel. So I'm set apart to declare this gospel. And what a gospel is, it's, it's an announcement. It's mm -hmm. news. It's good news. And it's supposed to be news by which everything about life has changed. In yeah. the ancient culture, when the word gospel was used, it was usually used of the ascension or coronation of a king or a big military victory by your empire. And and here Paul has taken that word, gospel, and he's saying we have a set of news by which everything else has been radically transformed and changed in life because of this news. And notice what he says the news is. It was promised beforehand through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. This gospel is the fulfillment and the culmination of an ancient promise, an ancient covenant. We might say the good news is the anticipation and the fulfillment of everything that the Old Testament has pointed to. That's big, right? Uh, yeah. And look at verse three. This gospel is in particular, in particularly it regards the son. And it, we notice who as to his earthly life, he is a descendant of David. Paul is picking up on the messianic hope of the people of Israel. There is a king who is coming who will crush the enemy called sin and bring victory over sin and death. And who through the spirit of holiness, he's appointed the son of God, which is a kingly term, in power by what? By his resurrection. And then I think we just skip right through this, this, what's after the colon in the NIV. And this really is a thing we're reflecting on. This is what it's trying to shape for us. When it says, Jesus Christ, our Lord, that's such familiar language mm -hmm. for us as Christians, but let's pause on it. Jesus, that's his name. It's the name that means Savior, the one who saves. And the next word it says is Christ. Now, every time you see the word Christ, just mentally in your head, that's, that's the Greek way to express a Jewish way or a Hebrew way of saying Messiah. 
The word Christ is Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Well, what's the Messiah? The Messiah is the Old Testament hope, the Old Testament expectation that one day the rightful king will come and defeat our enemy called sin and death and bring God's liberation and freedom to the world. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then lastly, it says, our Lord. And we're so, we so frequently use Lord language in our prayers, like, dear Lord, da 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 mm-hmm. And we never stop to ponder and think, Jesus, the Messiah, our Lord. What Paul is saying is, on, upon Jesus' resurrection, he is now the true and rightful Lord, Caesar, and King of the entire world. Wow. He is the world's true Lord. And how did this Lord attain his power? Not through a military victory, but through a victory over sin on a cross. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. And for this reason, he's now highly exalted. And so as Christians, we are standing on Easter. We're being reminded that we stand in new creation ground, resurrection ground, with a new king and the answer to the great problem called sin and death, whose name is Jesus. And the resurrection is the... It is the sign, the billboard, screaming at the world that this is indeed who Jesus is, and that's awesome. Like, that's just really, really cool. And so, yes, bunnies are are cool, and we have our, our things that we do for our kids, but if we miss the point, if we miss that we're standing on new creation ground in our Easter story, that sin indeed has been defeated, and that death, its consequence, has been defeated, and that we walk in that, then uh, if we miss that, then we're missing the point of Easter. And this is why Paul and the early apostles were so, I think, bold and fearless, was they knew that they were standing on new creation ground. It's a powerful idea because what it does is it, it takes us out of um, simply the past and future aspects of salvation. So we often right. think about what Jesus did for us in our sins and one day we'll be saved, but it actually says it has a right now reality, um, that, that things have changed today for where we are. And so that, that means you, you referred to it, I think, back at the beginning as, as a new creation day, that there's a, there's a new kind of life that happens because Jesus is Lord. Um, I know Mark Schatzman, one of the teachers at Fellowship, he loves to say that salvation is not uh, life insurance, it's a birth certificate. I like that. It's not, it's not just having to deal with some benefit that happens when you die. Right. It has to do with the beginning of a new life now. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea that Easter is the day to celebrate new life and the mm-hmm. implications of new life for us. And Paul will just reflect on this over and over again. Romans 6 will say very similar things. We die with Christ and his crucifixion. We've been raised to new life in him. Second Corinthians will say the old is gone, new creation. It's come. It's here. Mm-hmm. And so all of that language is rooted in what is taking place on Easter. And I like how Mark summarizes that. That's really cool. So how do we celebrate? How do we celebrate Easter well and, and point to these realities? Well, yeah, as the as the centerpiece and the anchor of the Christian calendar, Easter kind of has it has a lot of facets that go to it, and uh, we're we we try as best as we can to kind of replicate some of these. And what what this looks like is the season of Lent ends uh, the week before Easter, and it it specifically ends on Good Friday. That's when the light of the world, those candles, are snuffed out, darkened out. And what traditionally the church would do, and I just think this is so awesome. I just wish we could do this. Uh, this would be really cool. The church would gather together Friday night for the Good Friday vigil, and that would be the darkening. We mm-hmm. call that tenebrae uh, around here. And then the church would regather on Saturday night for essentially a long, extended 
Easter vigil. They would spend the nighttime from Saturday night going into Sunday morning. They would spend that nighttime singing and reflecting and thinking about the resurrection. And this is where we get our concept of a sunrise service. They would spend the entire night together so so that when the sun would rise in the morning, the light is restored to the world. The darkness Mm. came on Good Friday, but now the light has resurrected and it's no longer candlelight, you know, small little lights. It's the sunlight pouring into the church. And then they would go out and spend the day enjoying walking in newness of life, in the light of the resurrection. And uh, most of our buildings don't have windows, so we can't see the light. And we don't get together for a long meal on Saturday. And now because of coronavirus, we may not even have an (laughs) Easter service. But uh, that is a really cool image. Imagine the whole church we could do this in community groups, I guess. Yeah. Gathering together and spending an entire night reflecting on the resurrection and then looking to the light being restored. That's just powerful. That's a powerful so, image. Um, then that would begin a seven-week period. So just as Lent was a seven-week period of preparation, there is then a seven-week period called Easter Tide, and we're going to be participating in this this year because we're adapting this ancient calendar for us. It's a seven-week period of reflecting on what it means to walk in this new creation life. And mm-hmm. so we're going to be looking at resurrection appearances of Jesus, what does it mean for Jesus to be resurrected, the meaning of the resurrection, because we want to, as a church, we want to live in the boldness of that hope and in the confidence of that hope. And so that's what the Easter Tide seven-week season is all for. Garland, thanks for walking us through that. And uh, it's an exciting season for our church to celebrate the new life we have in Christ. And so um, we will, we pray for, for the families of fellowship to, uh, to experience new life, to experience the hope and the power of resurrection and walking uh, in submission to our Lord Jesus as we celebrate the resurrection and the, uh, the victory that our Savior has won. Thanks for listening to Clarity Podcast.